Welcome to the God's Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly. In episode one of this new season three, we talked about the gospel and social justice. I raised the question of how the gospel relates to social justice. The episode dismissed the advocates of the fragmentary gospel who insist that the gospel has nothing to do with justice issues, especially in their social dimension. The episode pointed the way toward a seamless biblical theology of gospel and justice and ended with a dire warning that Christians who ignore social injustice not only disobey God and marginalize their witness, but also put themselves at further risk of God's judgment. Now we're going to plunge into a series of episodes organized around God's command that His people search for peace, establish justice, and work to maintain it. We'll begin with a number of episodes that picture salvation, discipleship, and mission as a journey into biblical justice. Then we will dig into the difference between our pagan culture's definition of social justice and what it truly means, according to the Almighty God who created justice and is Himself true justice. We also will address six very serious questions. What is the root of the problem and how do we cultivate true justice? Who do we think we are as Christians and what does our identity in Christ have to do with cultivating justice? What mission has God given us as His people? How do we confront injustice without compromising biblical truth? What are the roots of the rage we see boiling over among American blacks? And how do we, in practical ways, pursue social justice? I know it will make for a longer episode this time, but I want to dive right into the agenda by asking a question. Why do so many Christians care so little about social justice? The Gospels repeatedly remind us that Jesus befriended outcasts, healed lepers, and gave hope to broken souls. Matthew asserts that Yeshua, we call him Jesus today, was known as a friend of the worst sort of sinners. Jesus made it very clear that his followers were to love people in need, the hungry, homeless, ill-clothed, sick, and imprisoned, or face dire consequences. Generations of passionate disciples took the good news of the kingdom into the darkest nooks and crannies of the world, near and far. They put their lives on the line to help the poor, establish justice for slaves and women, build schools and hospitals, and take the gospel of salvation through Jesus to people who had never heard. In the West, we have seen in more recent years, periods of great awakening that inspired people to lay aside their lives and endure great hardship, even die, for the cause of advancing God's kingdom. But something has happened. If you travel Europe, you'll see great cathedrals that now draw only curious tourists. Across the United States, vacated church buildings are falling into ruin. Wealthy Christian institutions minimize risk and carefully monitor investments to maximize their return and enlarge the endowment fund. Aging congregations gather wearily for routine weekly activities. In other church buildings, enthusiastic crowds celebrate salvation for an hour, then go back to living their own lives for the rest of the week. Meanwhile, desperate parents sell their children to traffickers. 
Babies die from bug bites and bad water. Young men turn to crime because they see no other path to prosperity. Single young mothers despair of giving their children hope for the future. Our sisters in distant lands are raped and our brothers slaughtered simply because they bear the name Christian. Vast multitudes across the globe eke out a meager existence without any hope for this life or the next. And all this while, millions of respectable Christians give only the tiniest fraction of their treasure for benevolence and sacrifice even less of their time and talent. We go blithely about our own business, preoccupied with our own problems, as if the plight of others has nothing to do with us. We place greater value on our own well-being and reputation than on personally taking the light of God's saving love into the world's darkest corners. What has happened that so many of us care so little for the poor and the oppressed? Why do we so resist getting close to the lost and the broken and helping them fight their way to the freedom God created them to enjoy? How many among us would the whisperers label friends of the worst sort of sinners? The gospel always has spread most powerfully among the poor, outcasts, and oppressed. However, when Christians in the West began to prosper in growing wealth and comfort, we forgot the Lord's admonition to the Israelites entering the land of promise. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands. I have read too many Bible passages that I never hear us talk about. Puzzling, discomforting passages that would get a pastor fired if he were to so much as mention them. Passages that demand we count the cost of subverting evil and pursue the kingdom above our own needs. Passages that warn us we cannot be complacent about injustice and still think we will be welcomed into the new Jerusalem. I want to see more of us, myself especially, embrace an authentically self-denying, other-loving faith that deliberately sets out to transform individual lives and entire communities. I want us to recover a biblical passion for kingdom justice that frees the poor and the oppressed. I want to see rank-and-file believers getting their hands dirty in service to others, practicing spiritual disciplines, and living counterculturally holy lives. I want all of us to experience such profound life change that we cannot help but tell others, near and far, the good news that God offers us new lives, not only eternal in the next life, but abundant in this one. I want us to understand why so many of us care so little about people in desperate need. There are no doubt many factors that contribute to our complacency. But I want to suggest a root cause. People haven't actually been told the whole story about what it means to be saved. Perhaps a fragmentary understanding of the gospel gives people false assurance about salvation and leaves them vulnerable to complacency. Perhaps we have divorced the teaching of Jesus and Paul from the Hebrew witness about redemption of souls in captivity. Perhaps we ourselves are in captivity to our culture in ways that make us think doing justice has nothing to do with the gospel 
and salvation. That at least is where I found myself at one point. If even part of what I've said so far is true, finding a more biblical understanding of redemption and mission is essential for the spiritual health of congregations and individual believers, not to mention advancing the kingdom of God. I won't pretend to understand much about any of this, except this, that many of us don't realize we are in deep trouble when it comes to salvation. So listen and ponder this issue. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches and decide for yourself. None of this really matters unless you want to be saved. Thank you for listening to this point. I hope you'll visit the show notes on godsrevolution.net and subscribe to the podcast. We aren't opening these posts to comments, but I would be delighted to hear your feedback and thoughts if you email me using the link in our show notes. I'm sure many of you can deepen our understanding of these matters and help guide us into a clearer vision for cultivating biblical social justice. Perhaps we'll even be able to incorporate your insights into future episodes. Speaking of which, our next episode will take us all the way back to the story of creation and show how the first step of our journey into justice actually begins in the beginning. God be with you till we meet again.